This is the Schnitt Show. I have a little collection here of items that I find very interesting. I think they are noteworthy. They are important. But they have been cast aside. They've been thrust into a corner, into a holding cell, a waiting zone, because, well, we've been consumed by all of this Trump stuff. Our lives have been taken over. It's like the orange blob. Uh, (laughs) Now, there are a couple of things uh, involving uh, the Biden administration and Joe Biden himself that I find disturbing. You know what? Let's take a little respite here, take a little break. And I think we ought to just go over some of the items that got, uh, you know, pushed aside for a couple of days. Because these are important and they should not go uh, by the wayside and they should not be swept under the carpet. So, of interest to me uh, regarding President Biden, there was a story that Biden had a two-day root canal. Did you see this, Sue? Did you know this? And there was a report that he got a two-day root canal because he was eating like a child. Well, there is that regression thing. President Biden backed out of greeting college athletes and hosting NATO Secretary General Monday to complete a two-day root canal after a report last month described tension within Biden's inner circle over him eating like a child. And this is a... New York Post piece uh, earlier in the week, presidential physician Dr. Kevin O'Connor revealed that Biden had the first part of a root canal on Sunday. Man, how the hell do you get Sunday dental hours? Well, I guess guess if you're the president of the United States, I'm guessing that Walter Reed would make some accommodations here. Hang on, I got a bug. Let me hit this bug. And, oh, got it. Yeah, what the heck is this? A little, little flying gnat. Yeah, I got it. Uh, are we still on the air? Because I kind of hit my desk very <laughs> very hard. I hope it I didn't knock us off the air. Because the whole thing shook and I hurt my hand. Uh, actually, it's getting better. All right, so we've got the presidential physician, uh, Kevin O'Connor. And he revealed that Biden was getting the first part of his root canal on Sunday last weekend after experiencing some dental pain in his lower right premolar, and then the second half of the root canal procedure would take place on Monday, so early this week. From Dr. O'Connor, quote, our presidential dental team from Walter Reed National Military Medical Center was able to perform an examination to include x-rays, In the White House Dental Operatory, they determined that endodontic treatment, a root canal, was most appropriate. Initial root canal procedure was performed at the time with a plan for specialized endodontal follow-up in the near future. The president tolerated the procedure well. There were no complications, according to presidential physician, Dr. Kevin O'Connor. 
He's experiencing further discomfort this morning, which was anticipated. The endodontal specialty team from Walter Reed will complete the president's root canal today. That was Monday, earlier this week. So, again, he had a root canal, had a two-day procedure. But what I'm concerned with is what is this business that his aides and those surrounding him, his inner circle, were concerned that he was eating like a child. Was he using, like, sippy cups? Was uh, what, 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 was he drinking, like, the little juice boxes? I mean, what, what's... Wow. Uh, Biden's aides expressed concern about the president's surgery food choices. Uh, Axios reported last month... The president likes to drink orange Gatorade, and his favorite foods include peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, BLTs, pizza, cookies, spaghetti with butter. <laughs> what is he, five? <laughs> spaghetti with butter. Oh, my God. Listen, we have an occasional pasta at the house with butter. It's not often because, as you know, I make a wicked, mean, delicious Pomodoro sauce from scratch with Real Deal certified DOP San Marzano tomatoes, not the ripoffs. Folks, you realize that uh, if you cook or if you know about San Marzano tomatoes, uh, there's a chance that when you go to the supermarket, it might say like San Marzano style. Uh, the fact that even some of the ones that claim to be San Marzano, there are a lot of fakes out there. I read something that with San Marzano tomatoes, and, and what makes them so special, it's the, it's the soil, it's the volcanic soil near Mount Vesuvius in Italy. And there's a certain region uh, near the Vesuvius area that is classified as uh, this agro, uh, it's a sardin, it's an Italian phrase, and it's a certain zone where uh, you can get the certification if you're growing the San Marzano tomato. It's got to be from that area in a designated zone in order to get the the uh, certificate of origin, this DOP classification. And if you look, if you care about tomatoes, and I do, I love making uh, a Pomodoro out of San Marzano. And if you look at the label, you're going to see a couple of round seals and you're going to see a serial number. Every can of DOP official uh, San Marzano tomatoes, they'll have a, a serial number like printed on the can, on the label. So, you know, don't get fooled because a lot of people, oh, yeah, I'm using San Marzano tomatoes, and then you look at the can, and it's like, you know, something grown in the U.S., and the label says, oh, San Marzano style. Nope, those are not real San Marzanos. Anyway, so uh, I I make a mean red sauce. Uh, It's a, uh, well, I cook it for four to five hours. Uh, the prep, you know, cutting up, uh, you know, 33, 34 pieces of garlic and slicing and smashing, that takes a little bit of time. Yeah, I don't cheat and use the the frozen stuff or, you know, the, 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 the pre-peeled garlic in the containers. A lot of times that garlic comes from China. I want my garlic from the garlic capital of the world, that uh, place out in California. That's where I want. I want American garlic, damn it. So anyway, why do we have butter and pasta occasionally? Well, because my wife buys... These German-made uh, noodles. In fact, uh, during the break, I can go grab the bag. But they're really good. It's a it's a German uh, noodle, and it's like it's like a butter noodle. You know, it's a, a wide, broad uh, German uh, butter noodle, 
And uh, again, during the break, I'll go grab the bag out of the pantry. So because uh, whenever I mention food, whenever I have a recommendation or I, I mention a recipe or something that I make, I get flooded. You know, whether it's a direct message on Twitter or uh, Instagram, uh, whether it's uh, an email, uh, I always get asked, hey, Schnitt, can I get that? You know, and I'm happy to oblige, you know, most of the time. You know, sometimes I'm just bogged down. So hopefully I, I respond. Uh, but if you want to see, if you don't follow me on Instagram, uh, give me a follow right now. Yeah, my Instagram account is Certified MJ Radio. So, again, my Instagram, the word certified, then the letters MJ, and then the word radio. Certified MJ Radio. So, give me a follow. And if you want to see my mean Pomodoro sauce, and if you want to get the recipe and my instructions, go to my go to my uh, Instagram feed. Go to my IG feed. Again, Certified MJ Radio. And then scroll down and look for... The five, it's not far down. I just found it. Uh, it. It's its not far down at all. But you will see a can of Lafayette, Italian uh, San Marzano DOP, and I'm holding that over the pot. And then you'll see uh, five containers, one pint containers of the completed sauce. And if, let me see if that's where it is. Uh, yeah, it's not going to be that. It's going to be the the picture of me holding up the can of DOP tomatoes right next to the uh, all-clad uh, LTD uh, pot on my uh, gas stove. If you click on that one, I believe that's where the recipe is going to be. Uh, hang on a minute. Oh, eh, no, it's not there either. Where the hell's the recipe? Because I did, I did post. Maybe it is on the, uh, where is that? Maybe it's not there. Maybe you got to go a little further down. Uh, oh, I okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I mentioned it. So scroll down a little further. Uh, there it is. So scroll down further, and you'll find penne in a red sauce. Yeah, so if you care about this, uh, you'll see penne in a red sauce, and then you click on that, and the whole recipe's there. So uh, penne uh, pasta in a red sauce with some uh, grated uh, cheese on top. Uh, there are four pictures there, and then in the description, uh, the full recipe for my Pomodoro is there. But, uh, you know, what, what started all this is Biden's root canal and Biden eating like a child, apparently. And his diet includes peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, BLTs, pizza, cookies, and spaghetti with butter. Occasional red sauce. Oh, and ice cream. Occasionally, he makes the ice cream into a full sundae, according to current and former Biden aides. It does. It sounds like he's a little kid. And listen, Trump was not known for his eclectic uh, tastes uh, either. You know, Trump is happy with a bucket of KFC in front of him or uh, fries in a quarter pounder or a Big Mac from McDonald's. But, uh, yeah, Trump is not known for uh, his uh, culinary adventurism either. But uh, his own aides, Biden's own aides, talk about he eats like a child? Maybe that's the regression. I mean, listen, from a cognitive standpoint, folks, there's clearly something going on with the guy. So cognitively and physically, maybe I'm not far off with him sucking on uh, those little bendy straws in a juice box.
<laughs> or or I wonder if he has gogurts. You know those little kitty yogurt things. <laughs> All right, so that's Biden and his root canal and his uh, childlike eating habits. There is another story that was initially denied by the Biden administration. Again, we're going over a couple of things here that kind of got lost in the shuffle because of the whole Trump indictment thing. But uh, listen, I never let my uh, pressure off the Biden administration. Just uh, sometimes it's slightly delayed when we have the, the, the Trump mess. But the Biden administration initially denied something before they said, uh, oh, yeah. So initially, the Biden administration said not true, inaccurate, and then confirmed the original story was accurate. Hold on to that thought. We'll get to that next on Schnitt. Stand by. This is Schnitt. Now you can listen to Schnitt. Another item that got lost in the shuffle over the last couple of days is China with spying operations in Cuba, just 90 miles off the U.S. shore, you know, away from Key West, 90 miles. And the Biden administration uh, initially denied this. So what had happened was, uh, late last week, there was a report that came out that China has a a secret multi-billion dollar deal with Cuba for a spy station spying on uh, the United States. And listen, being that close to Florida, uh, here in the Tampa Bay area where I am, we have uh, MacDill Air Force Base, which is not far from where I sit at my uh, home right now in my home studio. MacDill Air Force Base is... As the crow flies, I would say uh, six miles. Uh, I'm uh, near the top of the South Tampa Peninsula, and MacDill Air Force Base is at the very bottom of the South Tampa Peninsula. And, of course, as you know, uh, MacDill Air Force Base is home to uh, CENTCOM, Central Command. So the Chinese, on top of uh, whatever else they're spying on, obviously they've... They've got equipment, and they're trying to, uh, you know, spy on us uh, here in in Tampa Bay. Uh, You've got uh, operations out of Miami. You've got, uh, we've got, what, CENTCOM. We've got Southern Command. So, you know, you've got uh, operations in Tampa Bay and in Miami. And uh, listen, uh, the Chinese are going to do whatever the hell they can. And you've got a cash-strapped country like Cuba. And if the Chinese are going to throw billions of dollars to the Cubans to allow them to operate the spy operations and, you know, a spy base, uh, of course, the listen, the, hey, they have commie in, in common. It's a commie in common, man. You got the commie Chinese, you got the commie Cubans. Uh, the Cubans are hurting for uh, money, for hard currency, and here are the Chinese giving them billions of dollars. 
But the point here is when, you know, this story kind of came out, uh, it has now since been confirmed that it's really not new, that the Chinese have been operating a spy base out of Cuba since uh, at least 2019. All right. But the Biden administration initially called this information inaccurate before they did an about face to then confirm it. But now we know that uh, China has been operating a spy base in Cuba since at least 2019, you know, spying on the United States. Yeah, there was an anonymous White House official that said that the U.S. intelligence community has known of China's spying from Cuba for some time, saying it's an ongoing matter. It's not a new development. But initially, the Biden administration said that the reports of a Chinese spy operation based in Cuba were inaccurate. And now the Biden administration has had to come around and say, uh, yes. Yeah. So and now, now they're confirming it. Uh, a little more on this when we get back. Yeah, Wall Street Journal had a story on this. All right, hold on. Back in a sec. This is the Schnitt Show. The communist Cuban government and the communist Chinese government and this arrangement, you know, the the details, I don't know if we, uh, well, here on the outside, I don't know if we have uh, the, the chronology, the timeline, but what we have heard is that the Chinese have been operating uh, spy operations on the island of Cuba aimed toward us, just 90 miles to Key West from Cuba. They've been doing it since at least 2019. And the new emerging story is that there is, I guess, some kind of a new, a renewed deal or a new deal where the Chinese are going to pay the Cubans $2 billion. Again, the Wall Street Journal, uh, they confirmed late last week the existence of a Chinese base. So Wall Street Journal confirmed that on Cuba. And uh, also reporting that China and Cuba had reached an agreement in principle to build an electronic eavesdropping station on the island. Again, this is all aimed here at the uh, southern United States and, of course, uh, you know, military operations uh, here in Florida, including MacDill Air Force Base. Uh, so CENTCOM, uh, Southern uh, Command. Uh, so, again, so close to our shores and uh, the Chinese operating in our, our in our hemisphere. We also know about the influence that China is trying to peddle in South America, making all kinds of deals in order to have uh, the ability to hit all these ports uh, here on the Atlantic side of things. And this is problematic. This is uh, you know this is a major uh, issue. This is a major security issue. You've got the Chinese uh, with their uh, influx of activity in Central America as well as South America. Uh, you know, currency influence. I mean, this is really, you know, problematic for the United States. So uh, on multiple fronts, big money going into Cuba and they need the hard currency. China handing them two billion dollars, according to reports. But initially, the White House said this was not accurate. As soon as news came out 
And, you know, generally John Kirby, you know, he won't outright say something's uh, incorrect. Uh, he might uh, skirt the issue or try to, you know, thwart answering the question. But when the Wall Street Journal came out with this report late last week, the White House said it was inaccurate. And the quote was, I've seen that press report. It's not accurate, said White House National Security Council spokesman John Kirby. What I can tell you is that we have been concerned since day one of this administration about China's influence activities around the world, certainly in this hemisphere and in this region. We're watching this very closely. But then the White House has to walk this back shortly after acknowledging that the Cubans have allowed the Chinese to set up shop, at least going back to 2019 with uh, continued and uh, a growth of the operation to, I would imagine, it seems like a more sophisticated uh, spying operation uh, to uh, hone in on our communications and electronic surveillance and uh, an electronic uh, uh, eavesdropping station. So anyway, they denied it. Then they had to confirm it. Uh, you know, geez. you know, the other issue here. And again, I'm doing a couple of items that have sort of gotten a little buried and uh, I haven't gotten to them on this show, but also just in the in the national media. And one of the other items and again, the lack of strength, the pussy footing around by the Biden administration is, well, it's empowering, it's emboldening uh, the Saudis. And during the Biden administration, you've got the Saudis getting closer to the Chinese to a point where the Saudis have for years relied on us, the United States, to uh, sort of be a buffer between them and Iran because there's been a lot of bad blood between the Saudis and Iran. Now, there are multiple little uh, spokes that we got to deal with here. First of all, guess what? Our influence during the Biden administration over the Saudi regime, the Saudi uh, royal family, and that you know murderous uh, Mohammed bin Salman, this has been an absolute decline since the Biden administration took over. And guess what? Guess who's getting into the game? China. Yep. So again, the United States, we have been a buffer and the Saudis have always been afraid of Iran. Uh, Saudi military, nowhere near what the capabilities of Iran are. And they've had a very rocky relationship. And there's been in the past a lot of vitriolic uh, bluster going back and forth. And they used to rely on us. But guess what? Over the last couple of months, uh, the Chinese have been moving in. And there have been all kinds of deals with China and Saudi Arabia. And the Chinese even got involved brokering a deal. And this is potentially a total game changer in the Chinese acting as a buffer. This goes back a couple of months. This goes back to earlier this year. This uh, goes back to, what, February or March, if I'm not mistaken, where uh, China uh, has negotiated uh, sort of putting Saudi Arabia and Iran back on speaking terms. You know, some type of like, uh, you know, a little bit of a reconciliation. And 
this was a whole agreement that was negotiated in Beijing. And this was to put uh, communications and relations, uh, a restoration of the uh, Saudi and Iranian uh, strained uh, relations kind of back on a footing. And guess what? The Chinese brokered this with Saudi and Iran. And guess what? It leaves the United States. It leaves the Biden administration out in the cold, leaves us in the dust again It is the waning worldwide influence that we've had under the Biden administration. Was the Trump administration better for this? Yeah, it was. No doubt about it. But our influence is eroding because of the weakness of the Biden administration. And it's pathetic. It's sad. You know, we've been getting threats. Listen, the Saudis are so unafraid of Joe Biden that the Saudis had threatened economic pain on the United States. I don't know if you saw this, but this was an item, uh, again, uh, last week. We've just been consumed with so many other things, so I'm doing a little bit of catch-up here because there are a lot of important things other than the Trump debacle and his uh, self-inflicted misery. There are a lot of other important things that I think we've got to talk about. But the Saudi crown prince threatened us, that weasel, the weasel Saudi crown prince Mohammed bin Salman threatened major economic pain on us, the United States. They're emboldened. They don't need us anymore because Joe Biden is weak and the Saudis can now rely on the Chinese and uh, the Chinese growing influence uh, all over the world, as I said, Central America, uh, getting the, 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 the foot in the door uh, in, in a large fashion in South America and here, the Middle East. So it looks like we're giving up ground and influence in the Middle East, and that is a dangerous situation. Now, remember, last fall, Biden, he said he was going to impose consequences on Saudi Arabia after they announced a decision to slash oil prices. This is as we were dealing with the high energy prices, uh, inflation, uh, gasoline prices that were much higher. And the Saudi crown prince privately, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, he's a piece of crap. He threatened to, and this is a quote, fundamentally alter the decades-old U.S.-Saudi relationship and impose significant economic costs on the United States if it retaliated against the oil cuts. And this came from a classified document that the Washington Post got their hands on. The crown prince, who is an absolute piece of garbage, a piece of crap. The crown prince said that, quote, he will not deal with the U.S. administration anymore and promised major economic consequences for Washington. I mean, it is time that someone plucked this guy in the eyeball. And, you know, it's not Joe Biden. 
But I'll tell you what, hopefully we get uh, a Republican back in the White House. No, it cannot be Trump. Trump cannot win. But we need a, a Republican back in the White House so there is a, a, a reinstatement of of our power and our influence. And, well, I'll be honest here, just a degree of fear of the United States. But here, you've got the crown prince, that that nasty weasel face, Mohammed bin Salman, and he's threatening the United States of America. Screw you, you punk. We ought to kick him right in the, in the nuts. But again, the weakness of Joe Biden, the weakness of our energy policy, the weakness of shutting down, uh, for instance, the Keystone XL pipeline and and 750,000 plus barrels of friendly oil coming in from Canada daily. The Biden administration and immediately when they took over, they started altering uh, permitting. Uh, they, they, again, canceled Keystone XL and that permitting. But the Biden administration has made it difficult to uh, drill domestically. We are sitting on massive reserves. And you've heard this before. Our reserves are bigger than Saudi Arabia. We have massive amounts of oil in the Gulf of Mexico. We have massive amounts of oil uh, in uh, Alaska. Prudhoe Bay and other places. And th- this whole uh, kowtowing to the environmentalist wackos uh, a- a- at the expense of national security, you know, you have all this uh, feel-good appeasement for the, uh, the wacko environmental uh, progressives. When we're dealing with uh, an existential situation, we're dealing with national security issues, and we're enabling this Saudi crown prince punk to make threats against the United States. How dare you? But where the hell is Joe Biden knocking that little bitch down a couple of uh, pegs? Where, where is it? Now, how dare you threaten the United States? So that's, uh, you know, a significant uh, item, by the way, the Saudis, and we've talked about this, the Saudis announced that they were going to cut oil output by a million barrels a day for next month, for July. Because why? The Saudis are greedy bloodsuckers, and they're just trying to jack up the price of oil on the world stage to bring in hundreds of billions of additional dollars into the Saudi empire. Well, maybe this is a positive thing. So, uh, again, we've been watching this because this was a, a big deal uh, from a business standpoint that the Saudis were trying to jack just in time for the busy summer uh, driving season. Here are the Saudis trying to put a million less barrels of oil on the world market, hence uh, uh, theoretically pushing up prices. But this is interesting. Wall Street Journal, Saudi Arabia sought to push oil prices higher. Markets had other ideas. And this is a story out Today, this is fresh in the journal today. Saudi Arabia's move to reduce crude output was designed to prop up global oil markets. The past week has shown how difficult that will be. Prices have fallen in four of the five uh, past sessions. 
and are now hovering near 2023 lows, with traders parsing better-than-expected production by sanctioned countries, including Russia and Iran, and fears of an international industrial slowdown that could slow growth in the demand for fuel. The Eurozone slid into a recession last week, partly because of weakness in the German export juggernaut, Uh, China's post-pandemic recovery has shown signs of losing steam. And in the United States, where much of the economy has proven resilient, the Federal Reserve on Wednesday signaled the potential for more rate increases later this year to curb inflation. So the bias or uh, the tone of the Fed yesterday, and of course they paused, so there was no interest rate hike after the two-day Fed meeting. They stopped after, uh, what, 10, 11, uh, 12. We've had a bunch of increases, obviously. We went from zero to, you know, over 5%. Now, that's significant. So the Fed paused yesterday, but the indication is the bias uh, in their notes is that they're looking for two additional interest rate hikes later this year. So that sends, you know... uh, a bit of a message uh, to the uh, uh, to the the business community, to Wall Street, etc. You know, yesterday the market slipped. Today the market up. Uh, you know, Dow was up four twenty eight today. Nasdaq was up one fifty six, and you had the S and P was up fifty three. So it was a good day on Wall Street. But you know, again, are we out of the woods for recession? Not everyone thinks so. You know, you have the world, uh, which has re- recessionary issues right now in, in many markets. So are, did we dodge a recession? I don't think we can say that. You know, there's been some talk, oh, did the Fed uh, manage to avoid a recession? Are we going to have a soft landing? You know, all this remains to be seen. But still, you've got a lot of CEOs in this country who are saying that they still expect uh, some economic slowdown and potential recession. And clearly the Fed thinks that there's problems and volatility or else they wouldn't have signaled that they're going to possibly or most likely raise interest rates uh, two times before the end of the year after a little pause yesterday. All right, back in a second. More Schnitt next. This is the Schnitt Show. Every day at schnittshow.com. If you've been with us since the beginning of the show today, uh, since hour number one, you've heard us talk about a couple of Trump developments in that Trump apparently took advice on the retention of these documents by a non-lawyer. Somebody with no legal training gave him legal advice. Oh, yeah, you can keep all these documents. So you heard that. Then also the report that... Trump's lawyers wanted to approach the DOJ back in the fall to try to tamp this thing down, get an exit ramp going and kind of settle this whole deal. And Trump uh, didn't want to do that. What is Karl Rove saying next? The Shit Show.